Hey, before we get into this week's episode of the It's Telehealth podcast, just want to take a couple seconds and thank you so much for swinging by for this week's episode. It means a lot to us that you're tuning in. We'd love to hear feedback. So if you guys would leave a comment and let us know what you thought about this week's episode, it would mean the absolute world to us. Thanks a lot. Four, three, two, one. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of the It's Telehealth podcast. I am once again joined by an amazing guest who's going to talk about a super important topic today that is different from a lot of our other guests. And I'm very excited to have her here today, Monica Kincaid Price. Thank you so much for joining the show today. I very much appreciate your time here. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be on. Absolutely. So when you and I first connected, I was very interested in what you are, first of all, passionate about. I see so much activity going on in your life around Ironman, around training. I can see if everybody who's tuning into visually the podcast today, your bike, that is your background. And I know you spend a lot of time in the outdoors. Um, before we hopped on here today, you said that that is kind of your safe space, if you will, because you know what's going on there. Um, I want to talk about that as well. But hypnosis is a huge passion of yours. Yes. And I think a lot of people, as you had addressed in some of your content, but also how we started talking today, there's a misunderstanding about hypnosis. And so I want to be able to give you the floor today and kind of shine the light on somebody who is so passionate about us and kind or passionate about it and can really help us kind of understand how hypnosis is more applicable to the things that we come across in our daily lives. But before we get there, why don't you give everybody a little bit of background about yourself, where you came from, your background, all that kind of stuff. Sure. So I actually have a degree from the University of Nevada, Reno in international affairs of all things. <laughs> and I followed my passion from there into personal training. And my personal training business evolved into a mindset training business, which brought on the hypnosis, which is the start of the hypnosis. And so how I got into hypnosis is I tried it myself. I had a friend who was a therapist and she said, Hey, I just got certified in hypnosis. Do you want to do a session on running? And I said, yes, I jumped at that chance because I, I had always been interested in it and I didn't have any preconceived notions about it. I was all in. So after one session, my lungs could not keep up with my legs. It was absolutely amazing. And I was completely hooked. And she said, why don't you become certified in hypnosis? You can really help your clients. And so I saw that as a way to really help people. And so I became certified through the Spencer Institute. And uh, then I added a behavior change specialist certification through ACE, American Council on Exercise. So I combined the two to help people make the changes that they want to make to make them lasting changes and to truly be limitless. So that's kind of what brought me to where I am in a very short story. <laughs> I love that. Um, you know, one thing that I often think about is <clears throat> me personally, and what I observe in the world is sometimes we have these mental blocks that stop us from being our full best selves. And so I've heard lots of examples in the past of people getting hypno or hypnotized for success, being yes. able to be hypnotized to get through traumatic events and being mm -hmm. able to use our mind for the better power. So you said that your friend um, hypnotized you for running. So mm -hmm. what was one of your mental blocks that you were kind of, I guess, um, experiencing that was keeping you from really getting into like the runner's groove, if you will? You know, honestly, um, as it pertains to running, um, 
I don't really know what that block was and that's okay. You don't always need to know what a specific thing is in order to reprogram your mind to go a different way. So our minds are all programmed. It's not good or bad. A lot of them are very good. They keep us safe, like look both ways before you cross the street or don't touch a hot stove, things like that. They keep us safe. And so our mind thinks that all these programs are keeping us safe and some of them work towards our benefits and some of them may be holding us back. And so what happens in hypnosis is we put a new pathway in your brain. We give you a new suggestion. And so instead of going to the old, which was the block, your brain now has a new way to go and you can break through very, very quickly. Um, it has to be in your own words in order for your mind to take it on, which is a really interesting thing. So whenever I take on a new client, um, we always sit down and we talk and I say, you know, please tell me what you're saying to yourself. There's no judgment whatsoever because it's only to benefit you. So the more somebody can be open with me and tell me what's going on with them, the more I can help them. So then I can use their language in the hypnotic session, and then their brain will pick it up and say, oh, okay, I go this way now. Wow. I often hear experiences that people have, like limiting beliefs is a good one, I think mm -hmm. is a great topic, where we have these predetermined responses to certain situations that mm -hmm. we just consistently go down. And so like, yes. what I like to think yes. about is those neural pathways are basically like, if you've ever been on a mountain and you see all the ski tracks and the snow tracks mm -hmm. of them inside of the grooves. And sometimes we can really benefit from a new approach or a new program on how to attack a certain situation. Um, I love the conversation about reprogramming the brain because mm -hmm. I truly believe that we have so much potential but often it's our experiences, our past, our traumatic experiences along the way that kind of limit us from accomplishing certain things. Um, Definitely. And a lot of times we don't even realize that this is happening because it's happening in our subconscious mind, which is just under the surface. And so we're operating out of these patterns, out of these programs, and we're not always aware of what we are even doing. Yeah, there's a, a lot of examples where um, I see people talking about not living a fulfilled life is basically waking up every single day and doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. And it's very interesting. Yes. Um, I heard a comment one time, they said, by the time you're, I'll say 34 or 35 years old, a lot of your habits have been ingrained into you because of the things that we do on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And the example that I'm thinking about currently, as we're talking is I saw a clip the other day of somebody waking up at 6 a.m., hitting the alarm, going to the bathroom, brushing their teeth, making their coffee, hopping on the computer, doing the same thing over and over again. And it's yes. very interesting to think how our brains start to adapt, how we can be optimal in that behavior um, to keep us safe, but also to keep us aligned with all of the things that we normally do. And so getting yes. outside of our comfort zone is something that's very interesting to me. It is interesting. And that's what makes it so challenging is that you have to actually be aware. So the first step is to be aware of what that pattern is. Um, like from your example, you know, you get up, you hit the alarm, you brush your teeth. Well, what if you did one of those things in a different order? What if you got up and you made your coffee and then you brushed your teeth? Okay. Now your whole mind is going to be going, what the heck's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> it's out of its comfort zone. It's really challenging to get out of our comfort zone. And we all know 
that that's where our real change is happening. And that's the reason why it's our comfort zone is because that's what your mind knows. It's predictable. Your mind loves the predictable. It's always making predictions, constantly making predictions. We are actually interesting fact that I just learned seeing um, 13 milliseconds or 15 milliseconds. I can't remember exactly now in the past. So everything that we're not actually seeing this current moment well this is the current moment but it's 0.13 milliseconds in the past and our brain is making predictions and that's how people are able to hit a fastball or yeah. do whatever it is we're doing because your brain is predicting and so when you're taking a different path to get out of that it can be really challenging that's the perfect example of what i was thinking about was hitting a fastball because yeah. if a uh, ball's going to come at you at 90 miles an hour, you're not going to see it the last 10 feet, but your brain is making that prediction yeah. on where exactly that baseball is going to be. That's very exactly. interesting. And that's your comfort zone because that is what your mind knows. It's comfortable. Yeah. So what are some of the misconceptions about hypnosis that people have today? I know that we want to kind of clear this up because naturally yes. when I think of hypnosis, I think of somebody sitting on stage in front of a school or in front of an audience and somebody's yes. barking like a chicken. And I know that there is so much more than that. And I'm so glad that you can be here to kind of yes. clear that up for us. Yes. So what we see on these stage shows is purely an act. You are not hypnotized. It's just the power of suggestion. So the people who do the shows are very, very skilled. They're really good at what they do. And they're funny. They're entertaining. Uh, but they do kind of give a bad name to hypnosis and calling it hypnosis because that's not what it is. Um, hypnosis is not mind control. I cannot control anybody's mind. I always tell people if I did, the world would be a much different place. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this would not be happening right now. <laughs> we would all be on the beach right now if I could control everybody's mind. There we go. It's not uh, mind control in that somebody else is controlling your mind. But the interesting thing about it is that it gives you more control over your own mind. So in a sense, it is mind control, but it's your control over your mind because it brings these things into your awareness and it gives you more choice. We always have choice in our behaviors and everything we do. And sometimes those choices are in our subconscious mind and they can be outside of our awareness. And hypnosis brings that into your awareness. That's something that I've experienced before. Um, a good example is when you're driving in your regular routine, home yes. to school is a great example, or from work to home. Sometimes yes. people will say, I don't even remember the drive, mm -hmm. or I was halfway through the, my drive. Mm -hmm. And I remember just coming into it and being at the red light and being like, okay, how did I get here? And that feeling of not knowing, um, but also that revelation of being able to really see what's going on is very powerful. And so yes. kind of, is that what you're getting at? Yes, that's a really great example. So whenever you are on like autopilot, as people say, you're in a hypnotic state. It's a natural state that we all enter into all day long. So yes. Hmm, that's very interesting. And yes. something that I often think about today is because we spend so much time attached to our mobile devices, 
often yeah. I feel like that is a hypnotic state in itself because we're just numb, mindlessly scrolling, completely numb yes. to what's going around us. And that's yeah. something that, that's something that often worries me is like, we're missing mm -hmm. so much opportunity to be present and be in the moment, or at least be 13 or 15 milliseconds behind the yes. present moment yeah. <laughs> to be able <laughs> <Right>? to understand <laughs> what's going on. Yes, exactly. And that is how programs get into our mind is that when we're in the hypnotic state, which is a lot during the day, um, you could be watching a movie and you're so into the movie that time goes by really fast and you don't notice what's going on around you. Yet if somebody opened the door to the room you were in or there was a loud noise, it would get your attention. So exact same when you are um, in a session with me under hypnosis, if somebody opened the door, or there was a loud noise, you would open your eyes. It's not sleep. It's not unconscious. It's um, exactly that you are. Um, so when you're in this state to go back to what you said, sorry, I kind of went a little off track there, okay. <laughs> but to go back to what you said about social media, that is how programs are getting in our mind. And that is how a lot of advertising knows this and they take advantage of that. So they know you're scrolling mindlessly. And so they'll just repeat, 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 whatever message it is. And you'll, your subconscious will eventually pick that up. Mm. That's uh, it's something that scares me is the true power of things like social media is changing our behavior in such small ways over time that we don't even really recognize it. Yes. And so that's kind of where I kind of get and pick up what you're saying there is these tools are so effective because they put us into a state and they have the ability to kind of get past our guard, if you will. Yes. Because Absolutely. our subconscious mind really controls a ton of what we do on a daily basis. Am I right? Mm -hmm. Yes. So 90% of our day is out of our subconscious mind. So only 10% of what we do is our conscious mind. And in our conscious mind, we have a filter exactly like what you were just saying It's called the critical faculty. And that critical faculty is what decides between what's fantasy, what's reality, what's true to the programming that's in your mind, what's not true to the programming that's in your mind. And so that will filter those things out. But when, the, uh, when you're in a hypnotic state, whether you're in a hypnotic session or you're just driving to school or scrolling social media and that critical faculty is turned off, everything goes right into your subconscious mind. And so if there's anything in it that resonates with you, your mind will pick up on it. So if it's something that doesn't resonate with who you truly are, your mind will not pick up on it, which is the good part of that. Right. Your mind knows who you are. And is consistently in the background, making sure that we're protecting ourselves yes. from images, from ideas, from all of those yes. things. So sometimes I think, you know, subconsciously we pick up on energy, if you will, that mm -hmm. comes from certain people or comes from yes. certain ideas that naturally puts up that red flag and says, hold on, mm -hmm. we don't agree with this. And then calls our conscious mind to kind of handle and react. Definitely. Yeah. So everything is, all decisions are made in our subconscious mind. And the interesting thing is that our conscious mind will then do what we call rationalizing <laughs> and it'll form something that we will uh, think is logical. And then we'll go with that. Okay. So give, uh, give myself in the audience an example of kind of one of those situations. Uh, okay. Let me think about that for a second. A situation... So a situation would be when you react to something um, without thinking about it and you just have a reaction 
And then you will make that reaction logical in your mind. Uh, so say that um, somebody said something maybe and you didn't agree with it. And mm -hmm. so you had a reaction. And then in your conscious mind, you rationalize that reaction and saying, well, this person, this whatever that situation would be. So that would kind of be an example of where that could happen. Yeah. Sometimes I think of, um, you know, when I say, I'm not sure why I got so triggered by that, but mm -hmm. I know that that person was just like on my bad side or something. That's yeah. kind of an example of what I think about there. Yes. That's a perfect example of that. So then you rationalize that that was that person when in reality, everything is how we react to it and how we perceive everything. And mm -hmm. that's what kind of creates our reality and our relationships. And that's all in our subconscious mind. Now, that's something um, that I think is interesting because I posted about it on LinkedIn this week, which was, you know, life is 90% about how, react, how we react to things and 10% what happens to us. Because yes. we always have that choice in that moment to be able to decide if we're going to react negatively, if we're going to look at the positive side, if you will, about mm -hmm. how certain things happen um, in, I guess, everything unfolding in front of us. And that's very interesting Correct. to me because I feel like often there's a lot of authority that we can take in our own lives when we take ownership of how we react to situations because there's so much out of our control. I use the example often of, you know, we're on a rock in the middle of space flying at hundreds of thousands of miles an hour that we cannot control. And so yeah. we often find ourselves getting triggered or reacting to certain situations in certain ways um, mm -hmm. that seem out of our control, which kind of um, can be upsetting sometimes, I guess. Definitely, definitely. And one of the things with hypnosis you can do is you can go in and look at those emotions and what's causing those triggers and you can change them. You can reprogram them. So they don't have that same impact on you anymore. Mm -hmm. Like I'll give you an example. I had a client recently who was terrified of snakes, absolutely terrified, couldn't see a picture, didn't want to know they existed. It would send her into so much stress and anxiety and I worked with her over the course of three sessions. And by the end, she was okay with them. She didn't like them. And I said, you don't have to like them. That's not the goal. The goal is to give you your freedom back. And so after being able to work through her with some behavior change, some breathing exercises and the hypnosis all combined, she just sent me an um, email the other day and said, I was able to go to this island and sent me a picture where it had a a sign that had a warning of rattlesnakes. She said, I wasn't happy about this, but I went. Wow. Like that's like a tremendous amount of courage. And that's such a different thought pattern because this was so ingrained in her. It was something she'd had since she was a child and she didn't even know where it came from when we first started working together. So she was able to uncover that and kind of move past that through hypnosis. Hey guys, just want to jump in in this week's episode and pause real quick to give a little bit of love to everybody who is still listening. You know, the feedback that we get about these episodes is incredibly important to us. And we'd love to kind of hear your feedback on how the conversation is going, the topics of discussion, as well as any type of improvement that you guys would like to see to the show. But just want to hop in here, show a little bit of love. Let's get back to it. Hmm. A powerful tool to really give us the ability to make our choices and how we react to situations. You know. Definitely. So, I mean, that was life-changing uh, for her. So an interesting thing is that all of our information is actually still in our minds. And if we go in and ask our mind for the information, it will give it to you. 
Wow. I believe it's that. so interesting. I've, yes. um, I've heard some interesting theories. I read a book not too long ago, um, and the title is escaping me, but one of the frameworks, um, I'm sorry, it was called um, Psycho-Cybernetics. And mm-hmm. it was talking about how we have so much information in our brains that sometimes when we give ourselves the tools and the frameworks to ask for information, things will come to us. Yes. There are a lot of inventors who really will talk about the efficacy of taking a nap, for example, and mm-hmm. having an idea come to them in a dream and then waking from that dream state and then going off and like creating a, an invention that changes the world. And so yeah. the question becomes, where does that information come from? Is there a higher source? Do we have the ability to kind of untap and unlock some of the information that's hidden away? Or are we often just, I guess, operating at like a, a surface level through some of the programming and other things that kind of keep us in our routines every single day? Well, according to Freud, there are three areas of our mind, the conscious mind, the subconscious or preconscious mind, and the unconscious mind. And according to this theory, um, our unconscious mind has all the information of the universe. And this is the mind that is the hardest to access. So it has everything that's innate with us, everything we've learned over the course of time, all this information is actually in what he called the unconscious mind, which is below the subconscious mind. So you can get pretty deep in there. But as far as um, us as individuals, uh, all of our life story is in our mind. It's all stored in our subconscious mind. And you use the analogy of a skiing path. And I like to call it just a train track. And so your mind is always on this same train track. And what we can do is jump that track and create a new one. So the information is there. Uh, we can just act, we can access it. Yeah. I mean, if we think about from evolution and all of the experiences that keep us safe today, there has to be a lot of ingrained information that comes mm-hmm. from DNA, from other experiences and is passed down to us subconsciously. So oh, I, often, I often think about how amazing our brains really are um, mm-hmm. and being able to capture information because I have sometimes, well, I'll think about memories from being a child and it's sometimes I'll snap into a memory that will just pop into my mind and I'll see it so vividly and I'll mm-hmm. be there. And I think to myself, where is this information stored? And it mm-hmm. has to come from a deeper level than where I'm consciously operating on a, on a daily basis. So the unconscious yes. mind makes so much sense to me. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, we have so many traits that are innate in us, you know, just all the functions of our body, our body just knows how to work. Where did all that information come from? Mm-hmm. So, you did know, you... being afraid of bears, where did that come from? Right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, there... fear, right. Yeah, where did millions. that come from? It's something that's passed down predators. Yeah. Stay yeah. Away. Millions, millions of years of mm-hmm. trying to keep us safe. All that information is in us. It's absolutely fascinating. I'm so fascinated by our minds and how they function and the the whole question of what is consciousness. It's absolutely fascinating to me. Yeah. I mean, I often think about how lucky we are to live at a time where consciousness has developed to give us so much opportunity to explore, Mm -hmm. you know, Oh, definitely. 
I think often about Elon Musk, for example, trying to get us to be a conscious species on a different planet and how that Mm -hmm. kind of represents like another layer. But it's like very interesting to look at how we've been able to create so much technology and so much opportunity around us that expands Mm -hmm. our horizon from both a consciousness perspective, but also a time horizon as well. Um, That stuff is so interesting to me. And I can really go down a a rabbit hole for that stuff. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. And I don't know. uh, I don't know that um, Elon Musk has ever said whether he uses hypnosis or any forms of self hypnosis for that. But I know like Albert Einstein did and a lot of the great inventors, um, Steve Jobs did a lot of the great inventors used hypnosis to access that information. Mm -hmm. And we all have it. Every single one of us can do it. Well, I think of, um, you know, the late great Michael Jackson, for example, Mm -hmm. you know, going into these deep hypnotic dream states and then coming out with some of the most inspirational music that has like changed the generations, you know, so I think that practice is demonstrated. Yeah. That power is demonstrated in these different practices, which is so interesting to me. Yeah, for sure. And we all have this power and to me, it's uh, possibilities, it's Mm -hmm. endless potential and it's super exciting. So let's talk about your experience a little bit in hypnosis in general. So you were introduced to the practice. First of all, you saw an example of how your lungs could not keep up with your feet and (laughs) you have the the power to keep running, which is amazing. Um, It was amazing. It was such an incredible feeling. (laughs) (laughs) So explain that feeling a little bit. What did it actually feel like? Um, It felt like I had just warmed up. Because oftentimes when you first start running, you're a little sluggish, just a little bit. You got to get everything loosened up, warmed up, and then you start feeling really good. Um, I just felt really, really good. And I was running at a pace a lot faster than what I normally would be running. I was just out on a training run and it was actually a day or two later. And I was like, okay, let's see. Let me see if this really worked. What is this all about? (laughs) And... I remember like trying to breathe because my legs were just going so fast and they felt so good. I remember feeling so incredibly good and I'm smiling along. I was running on a Lee drive here and uh, I'm smiling because I'm so happy. (laughs) And I just remember being like, (laughs) because I was running so fast. I just did not want to stop running. It was the most incredible feeling ever. So do you think a lot of that is also unlocked with, from then this is your professional, I guess, opinion, like the dopamine levels that also our brain has the ability to unlock in some of those moments. I'm trying to get like the true efficacy of what hypnosis can unlock in the brain. Oh, definitely. So it told my mind that I had this unlimited potential to run basically is what it did. And so my body reacted to that and all the systems and the hormones released to make that true because they said, Oh, this is what's true. Let's go. Wow. And that's what happened. (laughs) I I mean, I often go back to the, and I'll come back to this conversation or to this topic again, the limiting beliefs that we have in our own lives. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, one of the biggest things that um, we find later in life is the regrets that we kind of hold on to. And often there, I wish I would have believed in myself or I wish I would have tried. And Mm -hmm. so that topic of being your biggest champion and convincing yourself that you have the ability to succeed is very interesting to me. Mm -hmm. I had a conversation about mental health the other day 
with um, somebody who's starting a company. And one of the things that he said about the mental health stigma is often the stigma that is imposed upon us is not mm -hmm. always imposed by others, but often imposed by ourselves and how we are judging ourselves prior mm -hmm. to letting other people judge us. And I think Correct. that our brain yeah. is so interesting in those moments because we have so much opportunity to be the best versions of ourselves, but we find ourselves holding ourselves back out of, I guess, preservation, not wanting to be embarrassed. Yeah. And so that kind of stuff is very interesting to me because I want to show up as the best version of myself. And sometimes I often have to battle with myself to push mm -hmm. myself past that place of hesitancy or yeah. insecurity. And that's Definitely. you know honestly one of the biggest struggles that I have in my life to this day. Oh, definitely. And I feel like most all of us have this, myself included, and it's just another fear. It could be a fear of succeeding, which ironic sounds ironic, right? Like who we all want to succeed, but that is a real fear if that's outside of what your brain has been programmed for. So if you are trying to succeed and your brain is telling you, no, we don't succeed, then that's going to be really challenging. And that's where hypnosis can really come in. It could be a fear of failure. It could just be a fear of the unknown. One of my, it could be good, a lot of things. Yeah. One of my good friends, um, gave me a really good mental reframe around fear. And, um, she said, you know, fear is often looked at something that we should stay away from. But if mm -hmm. you switch that and you look at fear as an indicator of something that can be beneficial for us, that's yes. a good way to help us kind of push past some of those scary moments. And to yes. be honest, I'm sure other people who are listening to this today, there are moments when you are scared of doing things. And then oh, on the other side of that, you know, false moment, if you will, of mm -hmm. that evidence that's appearing real, false mm -hmm. evidence appearing real yeah. fear, <laughs> um, you know, you have some of the most amazing experiences. And so I oh, think absolutely. that's yeah. something that we can relate to. Oh, absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with having that fear. I want to make sure that I state that that's not that there's something wrong with you at all. It's like you said, self-preservation. That's not a right or a wrong at all. It's just, what do you want to do with it? And that's totally up to you. Do you want to walk into it or do you not? I had, um, somebody I knew recently said to me something very similar. And I think it's the best piece of advice I ever got. She said, Monica, whatever scares you, that's where you need to go. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> and honestly, sometimes you have to sit with that for a minute and say, you know, I'm not really sure. I'm not sure why I'm not doing this, or I'm not sure, you know, why this is not happening. And that's when you can take a step back and reflect and get yourself into a hypnotic state. And the answers will come. That's the interesting thing is that they will come and they will support you to go through whatever it is that you need to walk through in order to get to that other side. Yeah. Using fear as an indicator of kind of Absolutely. the things that we need to go towards. There's yeah. a, an inspirational speech by Will Smith. I want to say, I forget who he's speaking to, but he talks about, um, you know, everything that is truly valuable to us in life is outside of our small little comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And sometimes he uses the example of being in a plane and jumping out of a plane, which is an incredibly ex scary experience for so many people. But he mm -hmm. was like, you know, you get to the door and then the door opens and you slide to the edge. And then all of a sudden your heart's like pounding and it's telling you, don't get out of this plane, don't get out of this plane. And then as soon as you jump, the scariest thing happens. And then all of a sudden, all that fear is gone. 
because mm-hmm. you're in this free fall and it's the most amazing experience that he's ever felt. And he's like, it's very interesting to know that everything that is worth doing sometimes finds itself just on the other side of that cliff. And I often think about that, just like your friend did and gave you that information. Um, If it's scary and it's not going to kill us, then often it's going to be something that's memorable and probably worth doing. Yes. If there's a shark right there, don't jump in the water. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. But I've even done that as well. And that was an amazing experience as Did well. Did you? Yeah, I yeah, know. I let them be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so that was my experience. So um, North Shore That's of Oahu. Awesome. Yeah. North Shore mm-hmm. of Oahu went swimming with a whole bunch of Galapagos sharks, went oh, out there nice. on a tiny little boat. And in that yeah. moment, I was like, okay, what am I doing out here? And I had all of those moments of rationalization. We shouldn't be out here. You can tell them that you can't mm-hmm. swim or you don't feel well. So you want to get in the water. And then the moment yeah. came where we pulled up and you see these fins going around the boat. And naturally he goes, okay, who's getting in there first. And I am so glad that I was the person who was like, all right, I'll do it. And I just hopped nice. in first, you know, and then had that moment, but it's something I'll mm-hmm. always remember because it pushed me past that limit, but it also gave me a new mental perspective on sharks in general, although yeah. they were big and scary. Um, not as terrifying as I really thought they were. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. There's different sharks. Yeah, no, there are for sure. We had a conversation about the tiger shark as well. So, yeah, you know. I don't want to see them. Yeah, exactly. So have I know you they're had, out there, but uh, have you that's had, a different fear. Yeah. Have you had some of those moments in your life where you've kind of pushed yourself past the the brink of what you think you could accomplish and then rewarded on the other side. I know you do a lot of training in Ironman. So that has to be a huge one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I had always, so I've been an athlete my whole life. I've always ran. I've always played soccer, snowboarding, wakeboarding, competed in pretty much anything. If you can compete, I was competing (laughs) and I'd always wanted to do triathlon and, but I never had formal swim lessons. And I grew up in the water. I was comfortable in the water as long as it was deep. I do not like shallow water. At least I never used to. I don't, it doesn't bother me now, but I used to not want to be in the shallow water. And so where we swim here, I did not like the bottom. I did not like the bottom. It scared me. I don't know why. I still don't know why I could probably ask myself that question, but I never, it just wasn't important to me to know why. So where we swim here in Kona is next to the pier and it's shallow. And then you go out into the deep. So there's a swim lane and it's pretty shallow. And then you go out into the deep. So when I first went out there with some friends of mine, I couldn't even stick my head in the water. I started hyperventilating. Wow. Yeah. I could not even, there was no way. And so it took me repeatedly to stick my head in the water and put my head up, stick my head in the water and put my head up. And then somehow we came up with strawberries and waffles. And so whenever we were swimming, like I just kept putting my attention on strawberries and waffles, strawberries and waffles, strawberries and waffles. And I was finally okay. Um, I was terrified the very first triathlon I ever did. It was, um, I've only done open water triathlons living here in Hawaii. We always swim in the ocean. So I've never, um, I did do one that was in a lake in Austin, but it was still open water. So my very first triathlon here, I was 
so nervous and terrified of that swim. Like I just couldn't wait out to get, to get out of the water. I just kept saying, if I could just bike and run, I'll be fine. And yet somehow for some reason, I just kept moving towards it. I learned how to swim in the pool. I I couldn't even breathe. I didn't even know how to breathe (laughs) when I did my first triathlon. I remember a friend being in the pool with me, trying to teach me how to turn my body to breathe so I could swim. And the first time I went all the way to the other side, I still remember being so ecstatic. I couldn't believe I made it 25 yards. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. So I was scared to get in the water. Um, I just did it anyway. I just was not going to quit because that's not really in my nature. So if I decide I'm going to do something, I just keep moving through the fear and, uh, same thing I would advise a client to do as long as it's safe. Um, so I just got in the water, I swam and it took a couple of races before I started getting comfortable in the water. And then the swim became my favorite part. Because when you swim, you're not tired, you're not thirsty, you're not hot. (laughs) It's so comfortable. (laughs) Yeah, and then I ended up um, qualifying for the Ironman World Championship here in Kona in 2019. So that ended up being a 2.4 mile open water swim. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah, it was so much fun. And the interesting thing about sharks is so it goes out pretty deep and the water here is so crystal clear. You can see easily a hundred feet down, if not more. And so where the turnaround is, there's this huge body glove boat and I'm swimming along happy as can be. And I see something very large on the bottom. And all I thought to myself was, oh, that's a shark. And then I thought, well, what do I do if that's a shark? Do I tell somebody? And I was like, no, I don't want to create panic because I've seen them in the water before. Like, I don't want to create panic. And then I realized it was just a rock and laughed to myself as I turned around and came back. (laughs) So if you walk into whatever scares you, uh, as long as, like I said, it's safe, you know, don't walk into a lion cage, literally, as long as it's safe, you will get to the other side. It's just one step at a time. It took a little bit of time for me to get over that. And it just kept getting better and better and better the more I did it. And now I'm training for another full Ironman. Wow. I mean, just the, my heart goes out to you because, you know, training for an Ironman in general, the 2.4 mile open swim is something that terrifies me to this day. I'm okay swimming when I can see the bottom, but when I Ah. cannot see the bottom, I start, my mind starts going crazy. And so, um, I totally understand where you're coming from, but I'm on the opposite spectrum of that. Yeah. I think I'm in the minority with the fear of the shallow. (laughs) I didn't want to be in the shallow. Just get me in the deep. I'm fine. (laughs) (laughs) That's so interesting to me. Um, you know, that's a, that's a great statement. You know, as long as we continue to walk into our fear, we will be okay. It reminds me of when I started my entrepreneurial journey in general, um, 24 years old and found myself talking in front of groups of people, presenting ideas, presenting products, equipment, Mm -hmm. use cases. And I remember those early days of just having so much anxiety to get up there and talk. And I remember a 24 year old Keenan standing up in front of a group of nurses at a hospital presenting and sweating through my button up shirt because I was so nervous. And yes. so now and you when I did it though, you did it. 
And I did it. And so now you when I it. think about talking to different people, um, I've faced this fear and this anxiety so many times now that it doesn't have the same bite. And so mm -hmm. I often try and give myself the example of, you know, I'm willing to give myself the time and the air cover to be patient so I can get past this mm -hmm. because I know it will eventually go away. And it you know will. what? One of the mental reframes that I've been asking myself lately and kind of talking about, I talked about this on a previous podcast, is asking myself the question, is it reasonable that I expect myself to be this good or to be not scared of this the first time I face it? And when I kind of use that little mental reframe, is it reasonable that I shouldn't be scared of doing this? I often say no, but if I give myself the time and the grace to kind of work through some of those fears, um, I've been able to overcome everything that's really come in front of me, which is a very powerful Absolutely. statement to say to myself today in a yeah. moment of realization. Definitely, um, We're just powerful beings in general when we kind of step yeah. into the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something I always say to my clients is give yourself the grace to allow yourself to feel this. Not every change happens instantaneously. Hypnosis is not a magic wand, but it is highly effective and very beneficial. So I always tell people, you know, allow yourself the grace and try not to judge yourself because that's when I feel like we get in the most trouble is when we say that big word that starts with an S that I think should be banned from the English language, <laughs> the should word, oh, I should do this, or you should do that because it's just a judgment. And when does that come from? Why are we shooting ourselves? Why are we saying, oh, I should do this. I should do that. Well, can you, do you need to, you know, ask yourself some questions, get That's curious about that and allow yourself some grace to feel whatever it is that you're feeling. That word um, should is very interesting to me. And you're the first mm -hmm. person I've ever really heard kind of frame it that way um, mm. because that comes from layers and layers of pre-existing, I guess, judgment, like you judgment. said, yeah. um, which Programs. puts us in a place where mm -hmm. we think we should have done this or I should be able to based on yeah. what information and yeah, what realistic. Who. Yeah, says who? Yeah. Says who? A friend of mine always says, says who? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. That gives me a moment to kind of reflect on some of the stuff and language that I've been using with myself. Um, because often I find, you know, that people in today's society feel like we should have certain things, right? Mm -hmm. We should have oh, a certain absolutely. appearance. We should have a certain amount of money. We should have all of these things, but it goes back mm -hmm. to our statements about, you know, the external inputs, the social media and kind of putting us in this hypnotic state and expressing or exposing ourselves to all of these images of the, those people say, but yes. that doesn't really have an anchor in kind of, you know, our real world, which is very interesting to me. Definitely. And who are those people? I've and what do they them. know about your life? Have they lived your life? I don't think so. Let's not shoot your life. Yeah, let's not <laughs> shoot you. your life. You're the only one who has lived your life. So what are some of the reasons um, why people come to you as a coach? So what type of things are we trying to get past? Like what if people are listening today and they mm -hmm. find themselves in a situation where they're like, oh, I think I should be, I should, I think I could, I could use some improvements in these areas. Is hypnosis appropriate for me? What would you mm -hmm. say to them? Uh, it is highly effective at behavior changes. So things like getting out of your comfort zone, stopping smoking, losing weight, um, 
finding your motivation to work out, to exercise, uh, it's highly beneficial in athletic performance, which I'm so happy that a lot of professional athletes are finally coming forward and saying, this is what we do because so many very well-known people, athletes, especially have been using hypnosis their entire careers. It's, uh, because you have to train your body as well as your mind. And that happens whether you're an athlete or not. So something very interesting is Mary Lou Retton. I'm not sure if you know who she is. Famous gymnast is very open about saying, I used hypnosis every single day to win those gold medals. Wow. You know, Tiger Woods, Jack Nicholson, you name it, the entire Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> they all use hypnosis because they know the power of tapping into your mind. And all it is, is very focused attention. So uh, it's very beneficial for those kinds of things, athletic performance, and especially different behavior changes, get, getting past fears, um, moving towards whatever it is you want, you know, moving towards um, or moving past a fear of success or a fear of failure, or, you know, just improving your golf game. Yeah, it's beneficial for so many things. Um, and then it is been more widely used in cognitive behavior therapy. So if that is something that you are working towards, I would definitely recommend people talk to their therapists about that, adding that aspect in because new studies are showing that when those two are used together, people see much better results, especially better than when they use medication, but that is outside of my scope. Understandable. Um, you kind of just gave me an opportunity to reframe hypnosis as that focused mental work that we do yes. to put ourselves through a situation. Um, I naturally went to the place of Tiger talking about how many times he's made that shot, how many times he's hit that drive because mm -hmm. he does the mental repetition in our he's head been there yeah. and he's Visual. already done it. Exactly. The visualization. Yeah. And um, I'm going to refer back to the book Psycho or Psycho Cybernetics. There's a chapter in there talking about the effectiveness of shadow boxing. And mm -hmm. they talk about shadow boxing being that mental repetition, getting to a situation in our minds many times before we actually perform the actual action and being able to Definitely. give ourselves that grace and that space to be able to mm -hmm. run through the reps. Um, so when we get into the moment, it's not nearly as scary as it was when we attempted for the first time. And that's exactly. so powerful. Yeah. Because it, now it's known now your mind knows it and it's safe. And, uh, interesting thing to go along with that is that 80% of what our minds actually process is visual. So when you can visualize something, it's all the more powerful. Wow. And there's also another study that was done, um, on athletes. So they had a group of athletes that did not practice a group of athletes that practice only and a group of athletes that practice and use hypnosis. Um, and then I think actually there was another group that did just hypnosis. And so the group that did just hypnosis was just behind the group that practiced and did hypnosis. They performed better than the group that practiced just that mental repetition in your head, because that's how you create those pathways. And like I was saying before, your mind loves what's predictable because that's how it stays safe. Okay. This path, we were safe. So it's it keeps on that same path. And so it makes it all the more powerful. So when you 
and athletes know this when you use hypnosis along with your training, you can be unstoppable. Wow. Because you're giving yourself the, um, the safe place to mm-hmm. be able to get through the reps. Exactly. I mean, you only have so much energy. You only have so much time in the day mm-hmm. where you can really jump up and down, shoot as many basketballs as possible. But if you can yep. visually on your downtime in a safe place from like your body's perspective on wear and tear, get yes. through those reps as well. And there's efficacy there. That is incredible. That's so mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's insane. That's why I, I love hypnosis so much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so how do you it's continue? So helpful. How do you continue to become knowledgeable about hypnosis and continue to adopt your practice and all of these different opportunities to, you know, spread the word about how effective hypnosis is as well? Um, I network with as many other hypnotherapists as I possibly can. I don't believe in competition among hypnotherapists. I believe we all have something to offer. Uh, There's so many different people in the world that not one person can help everybody. That's why we have different people. And so I really put a lot of value on my network of fellow therapists and uh, the ideas I get from them. Um, I read everything and anything I can get my hands on. Um, I will search out videos on top hypnotherapists and see what they're saying, what they're doing, what they're putting out. So I'm just constantly researching and learning and trying new things. Absolutely. Um, So the conversation today has been incredible. And you've given me such opportunity to kind of explore hypnosis from a different perspective, because like we talked about at the very beginning, I feel like often when people hear hypnosis in general, they're thinking about that performance that we become so used to seeing. So Mm -hmm. what are some ways in which they can, people who are listening and interested to learn more today, get in contact with you, learn more about hypnosis, and then kind of, you know, explore opportunities to see if it's the right fit for them. Um, You can visit my website, which is eclipseperformance.com. That's Eclipse for a Y with a Y. And there's lots of information on there. Um, I created something I call Monday Meditations, which is kind of a mix between a meditation and a hypnotic session. So it will take you a little bit different a little bit, excuse me, deeper than meditation. So I highly recommend anyone who's interested in hypnosis, go ahead and listen to one of those sessions. They're all five to six minutes long. So easily doable um, at any time during the day. And you can send me an email at Monica at eclipseperformance.com. I love answering questions. I love talking about hypnosis. I can sit here and talk about this all day long. (laughs) It's my favorite topic because it is potential. And, uh, I love potential. Right. I think it's also the realization of, you know, our true potential, which is amazing to me because like I said, kind of, as we've been, as we kind of land the plane here, um, so many of our limits that we experience in life are self-imposed and being able to use our the power and potential of ourselves to unlock our true potential is something that I think everybody can benefit from. And so, you know, I know you're doing amazing work out there and I can't thank you for everything that you do. Continue to post things on LinkedIn because I love consuming your content as well. Um, Thank you. (laughs) It's such a great platform to be able to spread, you know, the message about what you're doing. um, It is. Because it's so, so powerful and so, so tangible. It is for sure. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about hypnosis.
and hopefully dispel some of these myths. Well, I think you've done an amazing job of that today. And I just want to say uh, for everybody who's listening today, you guys have some information on how you can find more about hypnosis and follow Monica on LinkedIn and reach out to her via email. You've heard about her website as well. So thank you so much for coming on the show today. I definitely appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Well, guys, it's been another episode of the It's Tell Health podcast. Once again, thank you so much for joining us, Monica. It is truly appreciated. That's been another episode. We'll catch you guys next time. Take it easy. Hey, guys, that's been another great episode of the It's Tell Health podcast. If you're still hanging around, thank you so much. It would be an absolutely amazing favor to us if you liked and subscribed to the channel on our YouTube and our Spotify. We're always looking to get more feedback on how we're doing and producing these episodes for you guys. So if you have some feedback, we'd love to hear it. But once again, thank you so much for sticking around. Can't wait to bring another one to you. Have an amazing day. Looking forward to the next one.